Hey everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate all of you out there, and thank you so much for your wonderful support. Remember, if you've got an experience and you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me. You can reach me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. This is Bob Gimling, and you're listening to the Paranormal Portal. So I've got a fantastic show ahead for you folks today, and uh, this is one that I think most people can relate to, uh, especially the creep factor of this. And uh, the topic of today's show is haunted dolls, and uh, we're going to cover a little bit of the history of dolls. We're going to talk about, you know, where did they come from? How did they enter our culture and, and uh, become such a mainstay and child's plaything? We're also going to visit an article by a website, mentalfloss.com, where they talk about seven allegedly haunted dolls, and some of these are pretty surprising. And uh, I had <laughs> never heard about others, of course, are, are pretty commonly known in the paranormal realm, but uh, some of these were brand new to me, which I find really intriguing. And we're also going to look at a, an article by our very good friend, Mr. Brent Swanser, from uh, mysteriousuniverse.org, and he's a fantastic friend and writer uh, of paranormal things, and he's just brilliant, and it's always a pleasure to showcase some of his work on the show. And he wrote an article back in 2014 about the haunted doll island down in Mexico. So we're going to talk about all these things, and I don't know if we're going to understand a whole lot more, but we're definitely going to have <laughs> have some things to think about. So I hope you all are ready, because it's getting spooky. I guess we'll probably start at some of the history of dolls. And, uh, of course, one of the things that I found when I was looking into this is that, uh, you know, dolls uh, have been a part of our history since even ancient Egyptian times and ancient Greek and, and such. These There were dolls. There were uh, dolls across cultures across the world for many other purposes, many different purposes. But some of the oldest forms of dolls were uh, that have been discovered are Egyptian paddle dolls. And they were apparently crafted from a paddle and made to look as a doll in some fashion. And were apparently very elaborately painted. Now, I know there's a lot of speculation about dolls and some of the history is hard to shake out because, you know, how do you figure out what is the, the actual source or one place where this all began? And it seems it may be really hard and nobody will probably ever figure this out, but um, I've heard that some of the most ancient practices the original use of dolls was as vessels for the dead. Now, in researching for today's show, I found that uh, some some dolls were were used to help mourning, uh, especially for the the loss of children. There were uh, Victorian mourning dolls, which were kind of made of uh, different things, but oftentimes the hair that was used on these dolls was actually taken right from the dead child's head and then implanted on this doll. And the doll was then uh, used as as a surrogate while a mourning mother grieved and, and worked through that horrible and incredible loss. And I, you know, I don't know, I, I guess at some point that fell out of favor as a preferred method of mourning. But 
you know, you kind of you can understand the logic behind such things, but there are other uses for dolls that maybe aren't quite so obvious. Some of them are, like obviously things uh, hoodoo and voodoo use effigies of a person that are somehow magically bound to them and can be used either for good or bad. I mean, of course, everybody's heard about the, you know, drive a pin and then you can cause pain and stuff like that. But they were also used in many cases as, you know, protection. That's uh, for things like poppet magic, P-O-P-P-E-T, I think is how you spell it. And that was uh, a doll that was crafted or created using ritual and practices in order to create uh, a buffer between the actual person and those who may wish them harm or send negative things towards them. And so the idea was that it's kind of like the, the famous, <laughs> the famous painting, uh, Dorian Gray, where his painting would get older and damaged no more he fought, but he would look pristine and, and perfect. Well, that's kind of a representation of what, uh, many people regard as poppet magic. And, uh, the idea is that the poppet itself would take all of the curses, all of the horrible things people were sending their way, and it would absorb them instead of the actual person. And, you know, there is something to that, I suppose. But it, it's an interesting piece of information from the, the huge pile of, of uh, stories and lore that make up the dolls. And I think, I think the point is, is, is there's no way to know exactly where they came from, but obviously they permeated cultures around the globe uh, perhaps at some point in, in a very distant past, but it's very common for children play things, uh, Barbie dolls, you know, um, Raggedy Ann dolls, which surprisingly is actually what the uh, original Annabelle doll was. A lot of times in The Conjuring and such, they, they depicted it as this, this more elaborate childlike doll, but it was actually a Raggedy Ann doll. That was the original Annabelle that uh, is still in the Warrens Museum. Um, uh, although, you know, both Ed and Lorraine have now passed, but it's being, uh, maintained by, I think their nephew or their son. I don't remember which. So I think that'll be pretty much the history of dolls. As far as we're going to explore it here, um, there was a couple sources that I, I looked at and one of it, oddly enough, was historyofdolls.com. And, uh, um, they talk about the different, uh, histories and, uh, reuses of ancient dolls, but I didn't find too much of, uh, in terms of the, the more esoteric practices uh, as I was browsing around, but I'm sure it's out there. But any at any rate, the dolls are out there, and there does seem to be something about a doll. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is me, but sometimes you look at a doll, and you swear that doll is looking at you. And it's not just because they got really decorative eyes or, you know, really well done uh, construction or something, but... Sometimes it's like there's there's a soul in there. There's something looking back. Now, I, I have heard that uh, some cultures, such as the Amish, don't allow faces on their dolls because the idea is that once a doll has a face, it can be inhabited by a, a dark spirit. So without a face, it won't be an attractive place for a dark spirit to enter and, and to take up residence and cause trouble. So that apparently is the legend behind why the Amish dolls don't have faces. And I, I don't know if that's factual or not, but it's certainly something that makes sense to me. Um, but the dolls that do have faces, man, they just, you could almost swear something's in there <laughs> watching you. And uh, be that as it may, but there are certainly several examples of dolls that uh, are allegedly haunted. And let's get into some of those now. And this is an article coming from Mental Floss. Dot com, 
And the article is Seven Allegedly Haunted Dolls. It was written by Jake Rawson, uh, September 14th of 2021. So it's a very recent article. Uh, and the first one that he talks about in this article I found really interesting because I hadn't heard of this before. But apparently uh, a haunted doll that uh, has rather newer on the scene actually takes its origins from a Hollywood movie. And the doll is Renesme. Renesme? Uh, it's from the Twilight movies. And let me read the, read the excerpt from the article here. It says, Twilight fans will recall that the film series concluded with the birth of the offspring of fang-crossed lovers Bella and Edward in the Twilight Saga, <laughs> in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 in 2011. Their baby, Renesme, was represented by some questionable CGI. On the set, she was embodied by a very peculiar-looking animatronic doll, which is actually pictured in this, in this uh, uh, clip. But the prop is now being accused of a malevolent sentience by people near the Forever Twilight display at the Chamber of Commerce in Forks, Washington, where the movies are set. One day, she'll be standing up straight, and the next, when you come in to another day, she's in a weird position, Lissy Andros, executive director of the Chamber of Commerce, told Je Jezebel in 2020. It's like she's moving around in there. We don't know, but we tell everybody that the display case cover is on her for their protection. Fortunately, Renee's May appears to be decomposing as the result of the fragile materials used to build her, so she likely won't be around to disturb people for much longer. <laughs> yeah, it gets it's a bad thing. But, uh, of course, a lot of the plastic dolls, I think, will be around forever. So <laughs> that's not quite as encouraging. The second one on this list is a pretty famous one. And if you're a fan of any of the, of the paranormal TV shows, you might have heard this one mentioned. I know that uh, Zach Baggins on his uh, museum show has featured this doll on there. Uh, and this is number two is Robert the Doll. And for those of you out there listening, um, Robert is the one that looks like, it looks like a little sailor kid. It's dressed up like a little boy in what looks like a little sailor suit with a white cap and stuff. And he's got these weird pock marks on its face. And I don't know what that's all about. It's probably due to the fact and age of the doll, but at any point, um, he's, he's been around for a long time. What the article says about Robert is this straw stuff Moppet with black eyes, reminiscent of a shark's can be seen at the Fort East Martello museum in Key West, Florida. Though why anyone would want to is a mystery. Robert's first owner was Robert Eugene Otto, whose grandfather bought the doll for his grandson in Germany as a gift. While residing with Otto and with another owner after Otto's death in 1974, Robert was said to have appeared in windows, changed facial expressions, and played in the property's attic. Recently, visitors to the museum have claimed they've fallen into misfortune after disrespecting the doll. Even the souvenirs don't appear to be safe from Robert's influence. Musician Ozzy Osbourne once blamed his health issues on a replica Robert doll he purchased from the museum. And that's exactly what I've heard about it as well, is that people are supposed to ask permission of Robert before taking a picture of him and then take a photo. Because if you don't, you'll take a photo and apparently you'll have really bad misfortune following that because it's considered a disrespect to this doll. Now, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's the power of suggestion maybe, but maybe there's something more to this stuff and it certainly is plenty creepy, but that's Robert the doll. 
So now we'll move on to the next one in this article, and this is talking about the real Annabelle. Uh, and it says, made famous in a series of films spun off of the Conjuring franchise, Annabelle herself is no work of fiction. As reported by Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous paranormal investigators portrayed by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, uh, Annabelle was actually a Raggedy Ann doll, a red-haired rag doll introduced in 1915, who was given as a gift to an unnamed nurse in 1970. After settling in, Annabelle began to shift around on her bed, leak blood, and leave handwritten notes imploring the nurse to help me and help us. According to Lorraine Warren, the nurse and her friends discovered that a young girl named Annabelle Higgins had died on the site of the apartment building they occupied when she was just seven years old. The doll then was believed to be imbued with her spirits. The Warrens later determined the doll was being controlled by an inhuman spirit that was looking for a human host. It's now located at the Warrens Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Annabelle has been blamed for a visitor's fatal motorcycle accident. The man apparently taunted her before driving off to his fate. Yeah, that's the thing. I, 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 I'm not suggesting everybody believe every one of these and, and certainly you're up to your, you know, your own discretion on that. But I still think it's never wise to, to taunt things to, you know, because once you do, what do you do if it answers? Just saying, that's kind of creepy thinking about the next one is Mandy is the next doll we're going to talk about. And at the Quesnel District Museum in Quesnel, British Columbia, and I'm probably mispronouncing the hell out of that, but so my apologies. Uh, in Canada, visitors can come face to face with Mandy, a doll so terrified her original owner that she was given up. As the story goes, Lisa Sorensen was given Mir Miranda or Mandy by her grandmother. Believing the doll was sinister, Sorensen gave it up to the museum in 1991. Today, museum employees believe Mandy can follow them with her eyes, a possible result of having three-dimensional eye sockets that give the appearance of movement. Attempts to record her have resulted in man malfunctioning equipment. I'm not as familiar with this one. Um, I, I don't recall having heard of this one before, but again, I mean, if you look anywhere, of course, you can, you know, you, you look on eBay, there's people selling haunted dolls because for some weird reason... This is now a business and people are looking for this stuff. But I think, I think a lot of that goes to the, the idea that the paranormal shows are everywhere and it makes it look like a fun, fun, entertaining uh, hobby. But I think you have to bear in mind that you're messing with things that you just don't understand. Nobody understands, really. We have ideas and theories, but nobody knows what exactly we're dealing with here. And if, you know, it's the old thing that if you, if you challenge, the, if you challenge the universe, sometimes it answers and you got to be careful about that. So, uh, again, having a haunted doll, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I would ever encourage that kind of, that kind of activity. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to go looking for them either. I, I just think there's just too much you don't know, too much we don't know, and you're you could be opening yourself up to something incredibly ugly. You could, you're probably most probably just opening yourself up to paying way too much for a piece of junk plastic. But in the case that it might actually be haunted, then uh, buyer beware. <laughs> All right, the next one is um, it looks like it comes out of Japan. It's Okiku, O K I K U. 
It says, visitors to the Menenji Temple in Hokkaido, Japan, are welcome to gaze upon Okiku, but no photography is allowed. As legend has it, the doll was originally purchased in 1918 by Akichi Suzuki to give to his sister, Kikuko. The doll had a short haircut. When Kikuko tragically passed away, the following year, Okiku's hair began to grow. When the family moved away in 1938, they gave Okiku to monks at the temple. Today, her hair is nearly down to her knees. Some observers also report that a close inspection of Okiku's mouth reveals erupting teeth. Woof. That's not what you like to see in your dolls. <laughs> that's, that's one hell of an action figure at that point. Um, yeah, geez, that's creepy. This, this one here does mention the Island of the Dolls, and I guess we can read it just because it's going to be in the uh, Brent Swanser article that we're going to cover next. But number six, Island of the Dolls. Uh, just a fair warning, there's, uh, you know, certainly <laughs> terms that I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of as well in this one, but I'll do my best. It says adventurous tourists near Mexico City can make a stop 17 miles south at La Isla de las Meñacas, Island of the Dolls. A tiny floating garden which is populated primarily by creepy dolls of every type. Local lore has it that the island's caretaker, Don Julian Santana Barrera, once came across a young girl who had drowned, though some say he simply imagined her, then found a doll in the water he believed to have been owned by the girl. In tribute, he placed the doll on a tree and added more to begin a collection that grew until Barrera was found drowned in the same spot in 2001. Today, the property is awash in dolls of various stages of creepy disrepair, with some visitors believing the dolls are possessed. Now, I will say, and this is something that may or may not come up in the article by Brent Swanser, but um, Ghost Adventures did a, a trip over here, and I did catch that. And now, uh, fair, f full disclosure, fair warning, whatever, um, if you haven't seen it, there are some clips from that show that, if they are legitimate, are incredibly incredible. Um, and, and they do certainly show these really decrepit dolls that are kind of wired up everywhere. And in one spot... There was one that had no batteries and it started like cackling. And that has got to be one of the most creepy things I've ever heard in my life uh, and witnessed. Uh, again, it could just be some, you know, creative editing and some, uh, some uh, CG or, or special effects at work there. But if it's legit, oh my God, that's so horrible. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to impugn the the integrity of Ghost Adventures. I, you know, I I hope it's real, but uh, just on the on the fair possibility that it's not. Uh, you know, it still was incredibly bizarre. Um, but anyway, the number the number seven on this list also is one that I've never heard of before, and this one is based on a doll from a Disney movie of not too long ago, and that would be. I think it's called Frozen, and it's an Elsa doll. It says, fans of the animated hit Frozen 2013 know Elsa, the forlorn princess whose powers have relegated her to an endless winter. For a Houston family, buying an Elsa doll apparently relegated them to an endless problems. The Madonias claim that the mass-market doll inexplicably switched between English and Spanish voices even when it was turned off. 
After throwing it away, Elsa inexplicably returned to the family home. The family stuffed the doll in two garbage bags and discarded it, but Elsa returned a second time, none the worse for wear. The family then mailed Elsa to a friend in Minnesota where she appears to be content for now. Wow. Kept coming back, folks. And that was number seven on this list. So it's, it's you know, I don't know. Like the Elsa doll, it's hard to say. It's a hell of a claim. And if it's if it's true, that's really, really extra creepy. But there's so much we don't know on the outside looking in, but... What the hell? It's kind of the holiday Halloween season, so we can entertain anything here on the show. It's a paranormal claim, and first and foremost, the paranormal portal is all about discussing the paranormal. Now to the, the article. Again, this is written by our good friend, Mr. Brent Swanser. He's a fantastic, uh, I call him a paranormal journalist because he, he's just amazing. He pulls up some of the most incredible material from, you know, out of nowhere. I don't know where he finds this stuff, but he's, he's absolutely brilliant. His articles are well-written, incredibly well-researched, and it's just incredible to read. So I can't encourage you enough to head on over to mysteriousuniverse.org and look for his articles there and look at the other articles over there as well. It's an amazing site full of thousands and thousands of, of paranormal Fortean and uh, supernatural articles written by an incredible group of writers. And Brent Swanser is certainly among them. And if you want to follow him as well, you can always uh, go on to Facebook and his group on Facebook is Dark League Paranormal. And you can get to know the guy. He's a great guy. But anyway, this is an article he wrote in 2014, July 1st. It's the mysterious and creepy island of the dolls. Says there are some places in this world that are steeped in a thick, intangible fog of foreboding. These are places that have the capacity to truly upset us on a primal level. They grip us with tendrils of dread when we are there and haunt our dreams long after we leave. One such place is Mexico's genuinely disturbing island of horrors, La Isla de las Menacas, the immensely creepy and allegedly haunted island of dolls. La Isla de las Menacas is located in the area of Xochimilco, a borough within the Mexican Federal District, which was historically positioned on what was once Lake Xochimilco, Xochimilco is a locale well known for its extensive system of canals, which are a relic of the times when the settlements of the valley of Mexico were interconnected by networks of canals and lakes. The island itself is what is known as the Chinampas, which are artificial islands which are built in shallow areas of the lake during the pre-Hispanic period as a means of increasing agricultural production. The chinampas are mounds of earth and mud heaped upon a frame of intertwined juniper branches and tied to the shore. As the island sank, new ones would be built on top, stacking one over the other until a rectangular island was eventually formed and permanently affixed to the bottom of the lake. Upon these islands were grown a variety of crops, and they were of great economic value during the time of the Aztec Empire. The artificial islands were so lush 
They were also known as floating gardens, and the large number of chinampas constructed subsequently contributed to the gradual shrinking of Lake Xochimilco into the canal system seen today. In modern times, most of the chinampas have deteriorated and fallen into disrepair, yet around 5,000 remain, and they are popular with tourists who ride along the canals in special gondolas called trajineras. Indeed, due to its important historical connection with pre-Hispanic Mexico, Xochimilco, with its ancient man-made islands and canals, is deemed a World Heritage Site. Moreover, one of the chinampas, that all but the most fearless visitors may want to steer clear of, is the menacing Island of the Dolls. The Island of the Dolls is perhaps the most infamous of Xochimilco's chinampas, due to its bizarre history and status as one of the spookiest, most haunted places in Mexico. The story begins in the 1950s with a reclusive loner known as Julian Santana Barrera, who took up residence on an abandoned chinampa where he lived in a hut by himself and then used the artificial island for growing not fruits and vegetables, but nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure how it ended up anyway. After witnessing a young girl's drowning in a nearby canal, Barrera became convinced that the spirit of the girl was haunting him. He reportedly claimed that he could hear the dead girl singing, giggling, and calling to him from over the water, as well as dragging and scratching noises outside of his hut or rapping on the windows when no one else was there. Sometimes he could see her ghostly form through the trees or over the water hovering about the island at night. Disturbed by these visitations, Barrera's behavior became increasingly erratic. One day, Barrera saw a doll drift by in the water of the canal and took it as a sign. He fished the doll from the water and hung it up on his island, believing that it would protect him from the wrath of the girl's ghost. It soon became apparent to him that one doll was simply not enough, as he believed the restless spirit was still tormenting him. Barrera became obsessed with collecting more dolls, sometimes even trading vegetables he had grown for more of them in his desperation to appease the angry spirit of the girl. He hung the dolls all over the island, amassing more and more until eventually there were hundreds of the things strewn all over the place, covering the chinampas. Barrera put the dolls everywhere, on the ground, propped against trees, tied to tree trunks, fences, and even hanging from the branches like twisted Christmas tree ornaments. It is said that he would often rearrange the dolls and frequently move them into different locations and positions about the island as he saw fit. Word of mouth spread about the odd hermit on the island surrounded by his creepy collection of disheveled dolls and local legends began to form. It is said that the dolls would come to life at night and roam the island brutally killing animals and that if one listened carefully to the, the gibbering wit whispers and giggling of the dolls could be heard as they went about their grim work. It was rumored that Barrero would talk and sing to the dolls, caring for them as if they were real children. And it's also said that the dolls became infused with evil as soon as they were put on the island, and that they were all connected by some insidious supernatural force. Well, this went on for years until one day Barreras was found dead, floating face down in one of the canals, chillingly. It was the very same canal the little girl had died in all those years ago. 
the same girl whose ghost had slowly driven Barrera insane. Local legend has it that Barrera's ghost continued to inhabit the island, haunting it along with the dolls. Today, the island's dolls are still there. They are scattered haphazardly all over the island, strung up everywhere with their dull, wide eyes gazing lifelessly over their domain. Over the years, they have the deterioration to the point that most of them are in various states of disrepair, and many are filthy and decrepit, all of which makes them that much scarier and further fuels the menacing ambience of the island. The dark superstition and folklore associated with the island showed no signs of abating with Barrera's death. People say that when visiting the island, it is a good idea to bring a doll with you to appease the dark spirits there. As soon as the new doll arrives, it is believed to connect with the others through whatever black magic it is that courses through them. In addition, Barrera himself is still said to survey the place, watching all who visit from the shadows. The stories of the paranormal pervading the island of the dolls has also captured the attention of those looking for evidence of such goings-on. With the TV show Destination Truth launching an expedition to the island, Barrera's nephew explained to the crew that indeed the dolls seemed to be changed with some eerie supernatural energy, and that the island was haunted, cursed, or both. The crew were not disappointed as they managed to experience quite a few strange happenings during their stay. Strange dragging sounds uh, were heard on the roof of the island shack, as well as other creepy noises and bumps in the dark. Sensors for ghostly energy were also going wild with readings, and, and the highlight of their show came when one of the dolls appeared to open its eyes of its own accord when asked to do so. The entire incident was caught on camera, and say what you will about its authenticity or whether it constitutes evidence of the paranormal, but there is no denying that the footage is exceptional, exceptionally creepy and disturbing. Such spooky stories have apparently done nothing to stymie the flow of curious visitors looking for a peek at the macabre. Over the years, the Island of the Dolls has truly become one of the most famous chinapas of Xochimilco based on purely on its grim reputation and bizarre history. The island's current tenant, Barrera's own nephew, Anastasio Velasquez, says hundreds of people flock to see the island and its dolls every year. For the truly brave, nowadays it is relatively easy to book a tour to see the island and it is easily accessible by ferry or gondola. The visitors may come and go, but the dolls remain. Twisted bodies strung up on the trees and beady eyes staring at perhaps even watching their lair, as they have done so for so long and will continue to do until they've turned to dust. Perhaps Barrera is, too, is there too, among his slowly de decomposing dolls, forever to care for them like his own children. Yeah, that's all kinds of creepy. <laughs> Uh, you know, say what you will about it, but again, there's a lot of claims of, of dolls carrying spirits in them. And certainly in this account, as I stated, I've seen some of these videos that they're talking about. I didn't see the, the destination truth one. Um, but that sounds incredible. I, I think, it, you know, a lot of people critique the paranormal shows, and I do suppose that in many cases they probably earned a lot of that criticism, but 
I don't think it's impossible that they 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 do actually catch paranormal activity on camera and on on their tools and and such. I think that they do go to the places where the legends are the biggest or the stories are the strongest or you know the activity is the darkest. And so is it too hard to believe that they would indeed catch something like that in actuality? And I think it's very possible. Um, certainly, whatever the case, I, when I watched the Island of the Dolls, especially the, the Ghost Adventures uh, visit of it, I found it to be absolutely creepy. Just the, the vibe that was coming. And I'm watching it on the TV in the safety of my own home, but still there's a darkness about it. There's a, a, a sadness, uh, you know, that seems to come through the, the screen. And, and granted, that can be done. The emotional responses can certainly be done with creative camera angles and the color palette that they use to grade the, the video and et cetera, et cetera. I'm well aware of the different, uh, you know, techniques that you try to use to inspire the emotions of your viewers. But there seems to be something deeper and almost sinister about the place. I've never set foot there. I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it, um, but I don't know. That's one of those things that if you visit there, you got to make sure that you're not uh, leaving with an uninvited guest because there seems to be plenty of activity centered around that. Now, there's also a possibility that just due to the sheer number of people that believe in a phenomena that it becomes real, that perhaps people's own belief creates the, the uh, phenomena. And that could certainly be the case in a, in a situation like this, where people believe the island is, of the dolls is haunted. They believe that there are dark spirits there. And, and so by virtue of that, can they create situations where maybe that's possible? Maybe they do inadvertently create the very monsters they're afraid of. And I think that's possible for a lot of the paranormal and, and, and a lot of hauntings that Maybe it's the fear of the thing that actually creates the thing. And that can be taken several different ways, but is it possible for a spirit to become housed in a doll? Absolutely. There, there's possible, it's possible to have spiritual attachments to a hairbrush, a walking stick, uh, you know, anything, uh, a set of keys maybe even for a favorite car or something. You know, I, I don't think any of that is beyond the, the realm of the possible and we certainly have seen through the course of doing this show and, and many other shows that there are haunted objects. There are objects that seem to carry the energy of former owners and almost have a sentience of their own. And it seems kind of bizarre, but uh, I, I think that there's merit to it. And so, again, I don't, I don't know that you have to believe it just because I say it, but at the same point, I think to dismiss such things is is maybe also not wise. So there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed our journey into the discussion about haunted dolls. Um, I, I, I think it's a <laughs> creepy, creepy thing. Uh, again, I, I know that there's been several times where I've looked at a doll and could swear that it was looking back at me. Again, not because it moved, but just something in those eyes really spins your mind and and just makes you consider the impossible possible. But at any rate, thank you so much for being here and being a part of our journey. As always, we really appreciate it. And once again, if you have a story of your own or some other experiences and you wouldn't mind being a guest on the show, email us paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. And we hope that you'll 
uh, follow our Facebook site. Uh, that's facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio and uh, get, get involved over there as well as um, our YouTube site, which is youtube.com slash paranormal portal. And we also have a secondary YouTube site that's an affiliate site. It's called Paranormal Portal Pieces. And that's where we're taking our, our one and two hour format shows and creating highlight clips of these episodes in a more digestible size format. So if you go over there to Paranormal Portal Pieces, you'll see some episodes that are up there currently that are 10, 15 minute uh, excerpts from our full length interviews and videos. And it kind of gives you an idea of what our full-length shows are all about, and we hope that it'll be a way to introduce uh, whole new segments of audiences to our shows. So please check it out and get involved. Subscribe on both of those and ring the bell so you get notified when new shows become available. But uh, we do live shows on our normal Paranormal Portal uh, Facebook or YouTube page, rather, uh, every every night, Wednesday through Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to see the magic of the portal happening live, you can certainly do that. Go to youtube.com slash paranormal portal and come and visit us over there. So we've got uh, uh, new shows coming every week here on the podcast. New, new episodes are released every Sunday. So we hope you'll continue to check it out. Get subscribed if you're uh, listening on a platform that allows you to subscribe and uh we hope you continue to come back and thank you all for the love and support. And in closing, we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other, help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Good night, everybody. <laughs>